Welcome to Beautifully Bloomed, the podcast where we explore how to break you out of the box of rules and beliefs that are holding you back from the life you are meant to live. I'm your host, Rebecca Turville. Join me as I share mindset tools, coaching conversations, and human design to help you uncover your unique gifts and create the life, relationships, and business you desire. Marcy Coker is a life and mindset coach who specializes in helping smart but stressed women create lives of passion, purpose, and peace. So I'm so excited, Marcy, to have you on today. Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. Oh, thanks for having me, Rebecca. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. And so both of us are life coach school coaches, and that's how I met you. And then we also did a human design session. That was fun. (laughs) We're finding out more about your design, right? And we found out you're a generator. Right. I learned so much. Yes. Yes. So what we're talking about in this series is I put out a note about I wanted to have talks about religious sort of faith crisis or religious transitions. And you responded by saying you wanted to talk about this religious deconstruction. I think that's what you called it, right? Deconstruction. So that Mm -hmm. was, I was very curious about that. And then you started telling me about your story because I was like, well, what religion did you grow up in? And then it wasn't really one. So take us through that. I'm really curious now for our audience to hear, like, how your growing up years went as far yeah. as it goes. So my religious slash spiritual life, I think, is a little different than most people. I grew up in a home where my parents didn't really believe in God. They didn't want to talk about it, but I always felt very called to God. And so I would ask my parents to take me to church and they would, they would take me to church and they would drop me off and they would pick me up when church was over. And so I went to different churches when I was in elementary school, I would go to the Baptist church with my friends, or I would go to church of God with my grandmother. I remember getting a Bible at Sunday school and I had it next to my bed for years. I mean, here I was second, third, fourth grade, and I was trying to read the Bible all by myself. And I just really had a hunger for God. I grew up in the country. There was a lot of solitude. And I just always felt like I was talking to God, like there was God with me all the time. And then when I went to middle school and high school, I went to Catholic school And so I started going to Catholic masses. Again, I just felt that real connection with God, even though I wasn't technically a Catholic, I was going to the masses. And then when I went off to college, I met some born again Christians and I fell into that and I loved it. I fell in love with the Christian faith. I fell in love with the people. It was very much about Bible study. So it was a very intellectual thing, as well as a very personal connection with God. And that was really where I settled for about 20 plus years and went to church every Sunday, brought my kids up in that faith. Then in my early 40s, um, I went through a pretty painful divorce. Um, I was a single mom, I was exhausted. And I just had decided one weekend while my kids were with their dad, I was just not going to go to church. It was probably the first time in 20 years I hadn't gone to church. And I just stayed at home. And I remember it was a Sunday morning and I sat on my deck and I had a cup of tea and I had my Bible and I'm just talking to God. And I felt so refreshed and so connected and so close to God that I just kind of kept doing that. 
And it was interesting. So the more that I stayed away from the church, it was almost like the deeper my connection to God got and the more open I became to God. And so it was never like I was mad at the church or anybody hurt me. In fact, they were amazing and supported me so extravagantly during my divorce. And I still am great friends with a lot of those people. But what I realized was that I was putting God in this very small container of Christianity. And the more I was out of it, it was like the clearer I could see how big he was and how majestic and how inclusive and how loving. And that's really what started my whole deconstruction period of religion. So actually what I heard you say then is by going to this church, they told you this is who God is and this is what he accepts and this is what he doesn't accept. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you act this way, then you're acceptable, but there's some things, if you do those things, you're not really accepted. Is that the kind of. Yeah, very close. Now, even though it was a very grace centered church, I mean, it really was very loving and very open, but still, yeah, there were a lot of things that they interpreted as this is the right way to live, you know, and these are things you're supposed to do and things you're not supposed to do. Yeah. Certain behaviors aren't really acceptable or, you know, it's a sin or it's like have to ask for forgiveness and repentance and all of the things, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I bought it. I mean, for a long time, it really met my needs and it was really wonderful for me, but I was at a place in my life where I was expanding in ways that I didn't even really understand. You know, I went through a divorce and my entire life was changing and I was just starting to question things like I had never questioned them before. What I find interesting about that, were you around the age of 42-ish when this was happening? Yeah, it was right around that age. Yeah, yeah. That was your Uranus opposition time. If we look at astrology, there's these life cycle phases and Uh 42-ish is around Uranus opposition and Uranus opposite Uranus is about like something shocking might happen or something that kind of jars you to remind you. And around the time I was 42, my child died. Right. So Uh it's like, we all have something that happens. I'm not telling everybody in the world, Oh my gosh, what's going to happen when you're 42. But it's interesting. There's something that's here to remind you of who you are. Because at 42 was when I started questioning really hard what my Mm -hmm. faith was about, like, what is church about even what's religion about, you know, this thing happened, and I must have been a bad Christian, or, you know, like, I blamed it on that, like, I'm a bad Christian, you know, right? (laughs) I didn't do it right. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So interesting. Totally. And I think because religion is really is a paradigm for us to try to understand our world, you know, And when something like that happens and there's just no understanding, it does kind of make you question things. It was like, wait a minute, none of this makes any sense. And it really opens you up to a bigger picture, I think. Yeah. So in your story, when you got divorced, was it the thing about divorce that had you questioning or what had you kind of looking or seeing it? Yeah. You know, it wasn't divorce because at the time... I felt like, you know, I didn't want the divorce. My husband left me for another woman. And so I felt 
I'm still good with God, right? I didn't mess up. It was all his fault, you know? So I still felt good with God. But I think for me, it was just wanting more, like the depth, you know, there was just this depth and this intimacy that I was craving and things just didn't make sense to me anymore. Like the only way to God is through Jesus. Yeah. You know, one path. I, yeah, there's one path. And even though I love Jesus and, and all that kind of stuff, it was like, I'm starting to look outside of this small container of this church that I've lived in for 20 plus years. And I'm starting to realize, you know what, there's a whole big world out here. And I just can't believe that God doesn't love them too. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. You know? And I don't, did your church tell you that? No, our church, the way we interpret the Bible, the way we interpret what Jesus said, this is the way those other ones. Now, I don't know if this is, but this is how our church is. Like the other ones are worldly churches. They have their own, you know, that's not the way it is. We have the right way. Everybody else is deceived and we know the right way. And I was just like, well, that just doesn't make sense to me. That's incredibly arrogant in a way. And I think maybe because of my divorce, I was in a very humble stage of my life. Like I was just at a place where it was like everything I thought I knew, I realized I didn't. And it was very humbling and it was very freeing at the same time to say, I don't know. You know? Yeah. And I remember my kids coming to me, you know, we had raised them in the church. And so they would come and they'd ask all these big questions about God and life. And I always had a Bible verse for them and, you know, to answer their questions. And they started asking me questions and I started saying, I don't know. And I remember one time my son, he was sitting in the kitchen and he just looks at me. He's like, what do you mean? You don't know. You know, like, he's just like, you always know. And I'm like, I don't know. I said, I can tell you what I do know for sure. God is good. God loves us and he's for us. And I trust him. And that's really all I need to know. I don't need to know the rest anymore. Yeah. It's like, I had this thought that I believe in a God that loves everybody. I don't believe in a God that picks and chooses, you know, I love you, but I can't love you. (laughs) You know, you're not acceptable. I just could not go that route anymore. But I feel like that's kind of the question in my mind since I was in high school. Like, how can he just love these quote chosen people? And what about these other ones? So it's really hard to go back to that black and white thinking, you know, that narrow mindedness that I tried really hard to get away because my whole life was about that. There's judgment. You judge if it's right or wrong, right? It's black or white, right or wrong. It's a narrow path. There's no like in-betweens. <laughs> it's like, right. Mm-hmm. And it's so narrow-minded that it like really makes your world quite small. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's what I realized that as I was just giving myself some time to heal by not going to church and just having some alone time. I started realizing, wow, I didn't realize what a small container I had been living in. But as I was apart from it, I just started seeing things more clearly and realizing how much bigger the world really is. And and looking back on my spiritual life ever since I was a child, seeing that I've always been called to God, you know, 
And that's exactly what was happening to me. I felt like God was calling me to him in a deeper, more intimate way. Like, hey, I'm bigger, you know, and I don't regret any of that religious time at all, because it was like the path that led me to where I'm at now. And where will I be in five years? Who knows? Yeah, I don't know either. What I love is just being open to whatever comes next, because that's what I am now. You know, there's not this fixed path anymore for me, which I thought there was. It's like, okay, in our church, you do this and then you do this and then, right? It's like you keep trotting the path and you go Uh to the next step. Like, I'm like, huh, what if you just like take everything as it comes and you live a life from love and compassion and openness, you know, and, and that I felt that was missing in some respects. Now, I also have to say, I think that religion can be amazing for so many people. I think some people really find their peace and comfort and whatever there, mm-hmm. and that's fine. <laughs> but yeah. what I'm saying for myself is that can we all believe for ourselves what we choose to believe instead of somebody else telling us what we have to believe? That's where I was getting tripped up, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. And that was kind of part of the whole beginning of the deconstruction for me is like, I remember sitting in church on Sunday morning and listening to the pastor and just all of a sudden going, you know, who made this up? Who said we're supposed to go to a building and we sing three songs and then we listen to the pastor tell us about the Bible and then we all hug each other and go out to lunch. And it's like, who made that? Like, I started realizing this is just made up. Like, this isn't in the Bible. And God didn't come down and say, this is how I want you to do church. Right. And that kind of opened it up for me. I was like, if this is made up, what else is made up? Right. I have some funny thoughts sometimes. Like I heard someone say, in Jesus's day, they didn't have a Bible. (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, you know, wait a minute. So we're all like focused on this Bible thing. It's Mm -hmm. the center of our universe. And you're making Jesus a central figure. There was no Bible. Like, what? How does that work? Like, I started just having funny thoughts about that kind of stuff. Yes. Huh. Interesting. You know, like, what did people do before Jesus came? I don't know. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's, it's just fascinating. Yeah. And that's really what deconstruction is. You know, when we start questioning things and going, okay, this all got constructed by people. By people. By men probably men. Right. And now we're starting to look at it and question it. And there's so many things. Like if you look into the historical, you know, cultural aspects of the church, you realize, wow, a lot of it was cultural. A lot of it was, you know, just made up for what worked for them at the time. And now we're just still doing it, you know, without questioning it. Or even what worked for a certain, like, if you look at the King James Bible, which is what our church said, you have to do the King James version. Well, where did that come from? Well, you know, I looked that history up and like, okay, so we trust King James and whoever he hired to transcribe all the different ways language had to go from Latin and Greek and all of that, right? Hebrew to get to English to something we could understand. Like what were those people's beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. They put their perspective into it. Right. And they lived in a very different world than we live in today. So what they believed and what worked for them might not really be working for us. I know. But we still keep it going because we think it came from God. 
Yeah. So that deconstruction, which it just depends. I know many of us, many people that I talk to, we have different ways they grew up in different like practices, I guess, in their religion versus mine. But still, there's a similarity about, but we have to do it this way. <laughs> Otherwise, something bad's going to happen, right? Like, oh, you know, if we don't keep to these practices, if we don't do these things, something, it's like this constant thought in the back of your head. It's like a mm-hmm. nagging, you know, that nagging in the back of your head, mm-hmm. better be good, better wear clothes like this, better not do that. But, you know, I had that my whole life in my head because mm-hmm. I'm not a good Christian if I don't do this and if I don't, right? And it's like so weird to really question that voice and even to try to start ignoring it and letting it go. That has been very fascinating. And I would actually say for me that I've had religious trauma. Like there's some trauma involved there where I feel like I was conditioned so much to believe that what I think myself can't be true. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Now that might not have been your experience, but for me, don't trust what you think. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's not true. You know, we have to listen to the minister and they're telling us the words from God that's coming from the Bible readings, right? Right. But if you think something is true and it goes against what they say, probably that's not right. The devil might be talking to you or so to let go of that is like, you know, it's, it's freeing in one way. In another way, it's really hard. Yeah. You know, no, I totally understand that and can relate to that too. And, and I think, you know, I'm still kind of on that journey where, Luckily, I have an amazing husband who's very supportive and we can talk very openly about this kind of stuff. But most of our friends and family are still in the church. And so there are times where I'm like, those old thoughts will come up and be like, what if I'm just being deceived? What if I'm just listening to the devil? What if the devil's just trying to, you know, pull me out and isolate me so that I can't be used by God and, you know, those kinds of thoughts. And so I can talk to my husband about it, you know, luckily and be like, oh, and he's like, no, 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 you know, we can get it all out. But you're right. That is just part of that old conditioning that we had learned to believe, you know, to not trust ourselves. Yeah. And as I've learned from being a life coach about the way the brain works, it's like, the more you think something, that thicker that neural pathway is, right? It's like a super highway in your head. <laughs> and so deconstructing that thick neural pathway, it takes some time. Yeah, it does. You know? And it can feel frustrating. Right. And I love that you have somebody to talk to. Yeah, I do too. He's been amazing for me. And even at first, I was kind of afraid to tell him, you know, I was like, I'm having all these thoughts and, you know, we got married as Christians and and then all of a sudden I'm like, I don't know if I'm a Christian anymore. And that was a little scary to be able to talk about that, but he's fantastic and we can talk about anything and he loves me no matter what. Yeah. And I said it in another interview with someone too, I encourage people like the first step is you need to find somebody you can talk to about it. Mm -hmm. I, I know a lot of people that I grew up with or friends or family, they're not safe people to talk to about this. I've tried now a few times. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they become defensive. They want to tell you, you know, you need to stay it right. There's all that stuff. I start reciting scripture to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but, you know, if you think about that whole trust thing about like, if we grew up believing that we have the sin nature, right. And that we have to constantly be dependent upon God 
for everything in order to be good people, then that makes perfect sense that if you start having thoughts that don't go along with that, that you're not going to trust that. You know, and other people from where you came from won't trust it either. They're like, oh, you know, what have you been reading? What have you been studying? Who are you listening to? Because you're being deceived. Like, again, so I shouldn't trust myself. And right, that's the message I keep getting. So So how is that trauma, like playing out in your life now? Is it still something that you deal with? Or yeah, for sure. No, I feel like I'm in the middle of this. Because as I'm talking about this on my podcast, I'm not even sure at this moment when this is being released, have I told my parents yet? haven't talked to my sister yet, probably, you know, and there's some mean people in my life that I would like to have a conversation with. However, I don't feel ready. Right. So I feel like 2022 is the year for me to explore this for myself and open the conversation for others, because I feel like there's not enough spaces Mm -hmm. where we can feel comfortable talking about this stuff. And I know that there's people listening who haven't even taken any steps to tell anybody yet. (laughs) So, you know, can we make it normal that this is might be something you'll go through, you know, and you might, yeah, you might need support. And so I would love that 2022 becomes my year to work through my stuff while holding space for the conversation. And thank you for that. I mean, because as you're doing that, you're holding space for all of us who are starting to question and maybe choosing to walk a different path and maybe not, but that's okay. But we should have that freedom to explore. That's the biggest thing. I think everybody deserves to believe what they want to believe and not be judged for it. (laughs) We can't help having those people judge us for it, but still you believe what you want. I'll believe what I want. It'll be fantastic. Can't we still be friends? Absolutely. And isn't that what makes this world so amazing that God did create us all in our uniqueness and our differences and that we have so much to offer to each other? Yes. And so I want to make a plug here for why human design is so important, because when I found out about human design, I was like, oh, there's these things I thought were so wrong with me, you know, religion, things, all that. But really, it's in my design. (laughs) I'm like, Mm -hmm. how amazing is that? I'm designed to do this thing that I thought was wrong because I was kind of told, don't go do that. Like, don't go researching things, for instance. Whereas my line one is about researching. (laughs) Yes. I'm here to research. Isn't that amazing? And I'm like, what if I just allow myself to research? I've been on a 10-year journey here researching religion stuff. (laughs) I feel like I'm finally ready to talk about it. It's taken me this long. I think it's a super fascinating topic and it's not easy being where I come from to open myself up to talk about it. But I feel like this is my first step to be more honest and authentic about it. Because I think that this puts a block for all of us. If you can't be true to who you are, it puts a block in, you know, happiness in your relationships, your business, anything. It just puts a block. Totally. Totally. And when we are aligned spiritually right? And and with all of it, that is when we are living our true selves or living our true life. 100%. If you, if you have to hide it, you're not in alignment with yourself. If you have to hide who you truly are and you can't feel like you can be accepted for who you are, then I think that is just the worst feeling, you know? And I've felt that for many years. I put a mask on and you go to church, you put a mask on, you pretend, and it's not their fault because I was pretending, (laughs) 
you know, I'm pretending. I'm like, okay, I'm pretending to be like you and I'm pretending to say certain things just because that's what's acceptable. Yeah. And the reason why we pretend is because we want to feel safe. Yes, right? it is. It's about oh. safety. It's about comfort. Yes. And security. And it's your whole community that you've grown up with. If they're going to kick you out of the tribe, that's really scary. You know, that's the kind of stuff I'm facing right now. Now, COVID happened for me. This is when I started. You said you stayed home when your kids went with your ex-husband. I stayed home because COVID. Like there's a good excuse to not be at church. So I'm just not going to be there. Right. And it just gives you time to kind of just process that. Like, what does it feel to not go to church every Sunday? Hmm. This is interesting, right? It's been right. an interesting experiment. And that's allowed me to get more courageous about, oh, I'm not going to go back. You know what? I'm just not going <laughs> to like, uh-huh. like, I don't know if COVID went to come, would I now be where I am? I don't know. <laughs> so I think it was wow. an opportunity for me, you know, to really just revisit some things that I was hiding from. So wow. That's so cool. Another interesting thing that's come from COVID. Huh? I know. Well, we can say about all the interesting things, but uh-huh. thank you so much, Marcy, for joining me today. Before we end, just tell people like, where can they find you? What is your program about? Who do you mm-hmm. help? That kind of thing. Yeah. So I help smart, but stressed women create lives of passion, purpose, and peace. And really it is all about helping women create their own internal safety so that they can become aligned with who they are, learn to really love themselves. And that's where we start building that relationship, building that safety, getting back into alignment. And then from that place, we start creating, right? We start figuring out what they want, who they are, what they were made for, what their passion is, what their purpose is. But we do it all from a place of peace and ease. There's no forcing, there's no striving. It's all about learning to live your life the way that we were meant to live it. Awesome. That just sounds like my message. (laughs) It's so funny. A lot of us have that alignment message, right? Thank you so much for joining me, Marcy. And I will talk to you next time. Okay. Thank you. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please go subscribe so that you get notified of all the future goodies that are coming along. While you're there, please leave me a review and let me know what you think. So excited to share this with you and can't wait to talk to you next time. Bye.